It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.06 on a Saturday morning. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Infinite Energy Center in Sugarloaf Parkway in Gwinnett County because the North Atlanta Home Show is here because our friends have always asked us to come and sort of open the show on Saturday mornings, and we love doing it. I'll be here until 9 o'clock. Dave Baker starts at 10 o'clock this morning with the Home Fix-It Show. We're in front of a large group of empty chairs right now. If you would like to fill some of these chairs between now and 9 a.m. and if you know the password to get in there's a secret password to get in the front door of the infinite energy center this morning if you know that the password is liberty you get to come in for free to the radio show watch me gallivant around and do whatever i do answer questions of course during the breaks and then at nine o'clock dave takes over at 10 o'clock the show doors open and they say everybody go where you want to go or stay here and watch dave for a while and uh, you get into the North Atlanta Home Show for free. And then, of course, they have all sorts of vendors here. The overhead door people are over here to my right. The uh, AquaGuard folks over to the left right here. We have the landscape company down the way. I can't quite read their sign there. Leaf filters around there. Everything for inside and outside the home. The North Atlanta Home Show, 150 vendors. And one of the great things about them, many times they have a show discount ask them about that ask what does your discount if i sort of make a deal with you today and you can uh, get some details on that oh well all the details frankly for the home show are at northatlantahomeshow.com let's go to the photos we've got people asking questions right now melinda's out in covington georgia in newton county hey melinda good morning there's my screen come up screen melinda i think melinda is somehow has gone away uh, Melinda, are you still there? No. All right, let's. All right, let's go to Sam and Marietta then. Hey, Sam. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you today? I'm quite well, sir. How can I help, Sam? Uh, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for the service you provide our city. Man, 25 years on the radio. That's wonderful. I appreciate wow, it. Wow, Sam. Wow. <laughs> 25 years plus three weeks <laughs> right now. It's all right, but 25th, you know, a couple weeks ago. Okay. Great, great. I had a question. Um, I've used that super sod um, topsoil for my yeah. vegetable garden, and sure. it works great, but it's so expensive. Do you have a formula where I can mix it myself with dirt and fertilizer and whatnot to get about the I same result? The, the super sod people, as well as a couple of other folks in town, Earthkind uh, people over in Cobb County, have their own sort of proprietary formulas that have compost and soil and sand and other things they mix together on big concrete pads and then they bag it up like the superside people do and deliver it to your home you can right. sort of make your own if you want to go to a a landscape company they're oh, what i call landscape yards and just tell them there's a scoop of uh, good looking topsoil over there in the corner give me one scoop of that i want a half a scoop of sand i really love to have some of those uh, chicken manure pellets that are over in the other end and mix them together, put them on your truck, and bring them to my house. But frankly, you'll do better, I think, Sam, just asking a company to do it for you rather than trying to mix it yourself. Or, you know, honestly, Sam, you can buy bagged material from the big box stores, Pike Nursery as well. And the bag stuff right. can be used to fill vegetable garden beds if you want to use that, do it that way. 
Uh, uh, okay. All right. So mixing it yourself is possible, but it's probably not going to save you much money, frankly. Uh, but the landscaping people would be more economical to get them to make it. I, I think you, if you go to a, a landscape yard, as I mentioned, and I don't know one right. particularly near you in Marietta, but if you go to a landscaping yard and you can get them to mix it for you and then scoop it up and put it into your truck or to their truck and deliver it to your house, and just right. compare prices and see, because obviously right. for some of the other companies that deliver themselves their own proprietary product, they charge a little bit more for transportation and loading and all that. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate it, sir. Sam's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Sam's place. As soon as my screen comes up right here, I'm sure we will get it here. There is Sue in uh, Marietta. Joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hi, Sue. Good morning. Hey. Hey, I have a problem with my Japanese maples. Mm -hmm. Last year, I lost one to the ambrosia beetles, and we cut it down and hauled off the stump. And now uh, I have 12 more in the yard, and I don't want Ah. the state to happen to them. So I checked on your website, and you have mentioned several chemicals that would Mm -hmm. be sprayed in February. and. It is February, and I'm <laughs> wondering, uh, what, am, am I allowed to spray these chemicals? Because some of them, uh, I was thinking in terms of the permethrin. Permethrin and bi- bifenthrin and esphenthalerate. I know they're hard to pronounce. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. They come in different strengths, and one is like it'll kill bed bugs and stuff, but <laughs> one that I think that's going to kill the Japanese maple uh, beetles are uh-huh. uh, the ambrosia beetles. Uh, is like a 36.8%. Is that the strength I need? Because it comes in various strengths, and I'm not sure what I need. I know, I know that seems confusing a little bit that they come in various strengths, but honestly, if you follow the label and it tells you how to mix it up, you'll come out with a diluted solution that is the same across all of those products that come at different strengths. And the reason is that if you concentrate a little bit more in the bottle, it's cheaper to sell because the more concentrated it is, the more you can, you know, active ingredient you can put into a bottle. And so it's more expensive sometimes to get the concentrate, but it dilutes to make a lot more gallons of insecticide. And the actual applied um, diluted stuff that you spray onto the tree will be the same for all three, four products you might have of different concentrations as long as you use the right amount of water that it says on the label. So whatever, whatever you can find, mix it according to the label and you'll get the right percentage of stuff in the active in, in the uh, sprays to spray on your tree. And you're right. I want to go back to and tell you, number one, congratulations for knowing something about ambrosia beetles because most of the time we don't see those little toothpicks sticking out until May and that's way late to be spraying anything. They're way beyond you at that point. February is the perfect time to spray if you have a crepe myrtle, Japanese maple, other trees that have been attacked by the ambrosia beetles and had toothpicks. Uh, now's the time to spray to prevent them. Okay, so uh, in other words, I, I looked on the line and there is a, a product called Tengard. Mm-hmm. And that is the active ingredient in that is the... Uh, was it permethrin? Permethrin, yep, sure is. Yeah. So, and, and I looked on the label, I could, and it doesn't say 
ambrosia beetle is the thing. It's that it lists like pine bark beetles and all that. Yeah. But would that be the same as same the, same stuff to use? It'll it'll prevent kill. I guess most beetles from when they land on the bark of a tree that's been sprayed by Tengard, they're just okay. immediately poisoned. Uh, and that's why I say when you see the toothpicks, that beetle has already gone in at least an inch yeah. into the trunk of your tree. And at that point, you cannot get any insecticide that deep into the tree. So it doesn't help to spray when you see the toothpicks. What time to spray is now before the beetles start boring into the trunk. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it's great talking to you, Sue. Thanks so much for bringing it to our attention. And, you know, stay around, stick around, Sue, after I put you on hold here. I want to mention something that you can do to find out when the ambrosia beetles, the ones that make the little toothpicks, when they are flying, when they're actively in your neighborhood, or even if they are actively in your neighborhood, you can make a trap. It's not a trap that will control them, it's a trap that will monitor their numbers. And the easy thing about this trap is it has things you probably have already in your house. If you have a bottle of liquor in your house, vodka, rum, whiskey, uh, what's Everclear? <laughs> Some of you that know what Everclear is, yes, you know what that stuff is. You put it in the, if you're in a fraternity or a sorority, you put it in the punch and it makes everybody go round and round. But you remember that from your college days, of course. But ethyl alcohol is very attractive to ambrosia beetles. And the way that it's used in a trap sort of situation, you take a block of wood and bore a, oh, a half inch hole in it, right in the middle of the block of wood, only halfway through though and you fill it full of ethyl alcohol or whiskey or vodka or Everclear, whatever you have. And you put the, uh, put the ethyl alcohol in there and hang it outside in February. If the Asian ambrosia beetles are around, all of them are gonna say, come over, look at here, <laughs> this smells so good. And they'll bore into it. And you'll see the little toothpicks coming out in February. And you can know that then they are active in your neighborhood, they are flying. Now is the time to spray the permethrin or bifenthrin or whatever uh, landscape insecticide you find and want to use, but that's how you can trap them. I have directions, yes I do, on my website, so go to walterreeves.com, type Asian ambrosia, two words is all it really takes, and you'll see a series of articles about identifying Asian ambrosia beetles on the various hosts, that, uh, hosts like figs, for instance, we didn't mention earlier, but uh, also how to make that trap, and a couple of variants on the trap, another one that uses a two-liter soft drink bottle to attract them as well. Asian ambrosia beetles, the best time to prevent them is now. It's 717. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Partly cloudy, chilly today, high 53, low 33 overnight. Tomorrow, 50% chance of a light shower, high 44 and low of 40. Very little change tomorrow and the light shower mixed into it as well. Speaking of the Asian ambrosia beetle traps, I mentioned that one of the best attractions for them is the Everclear alcohol. And I have a consultant here, Allie Royston, who is one of the WSV PR people, and she when I asked her about Everclear, she mentioned that, yeah, you can clean things with it really good. It's like it takes the varnish right off the top of your table. And she believes that she has never taken more than a sniff of it. That the other boys who try to do a whole shot of it, 
Lorenzo Kemp, the hardest working man in show business, our engineer on site, says he did one time take one and it knocked him down and he has not taken any more after that. So be careful with Everclear. It is dangerous, dangerous stuff. Bob is out in Marietta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bob, good morning. There's Bob. Come up. There's my screen. Bob, are you still there? Hello. Hey, Bob, is that you there? That's me. All right, Sam, you look working on a little tiny screen here, and I can hardly tell that people are up or down. So what's going on, Bob? Tell me more. Well, I had a monster holly bush on the corner of my house, and I took it out last summer. It got a stump that's about two feet in diameter, and I sprayed the stump with Roundup and cut all the little growth off, but it just keeps coming back. Um, That holly is hard to get rid of. What can I do to, I guess, kill that stump? Or do I need to just dig it out? Ooh, boy, that's tough. And and the same thing happens when you have a Bradford pear or a crepe myrtle. For it seems like years afterward, you get the sprouts <coughs> that come up from the stump, that come up from the roots around it, and you're always dealing with them. And there's no real good way, Bob, to kill everything, particularly the roots. I mean, they're in the ground, two or three, four, six inches deep, and you don't want to have to dig all those roots out. The stump. Yeah, you could dig it out, I guess, or have it ground out, but still with the roots that are spread out 10, 15 feet away, there some of them are going to sprout, and you'll have to deal with those sprouts somehow, cutting them, clipping them like you've been doing, or spraying with a weed killer, I guess. So I don't have a great answer for you. You have to just keep the foliage off of it by whatever mechanical means you want to do, and eventually the whole tree will die, it won't sprout anymore. Well, I seen online something about drilling holes and putting salt in there is that not something that's going to work that's an excellent lunch meat we call it baloney <laughs> Does, <laughs> doesn't work bob i know you see it okay. online and you see a lot of stuff online but fortunately those of us who deal in what the real world says say no it doesn't work don't do don't waste your money on that okay well right. we'll just keep trimming it back all right, keep turning it back. Thanks for calling, Bob. Right. We'll see you soon. We've got here now Gary down at Locust Grove who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Gary, good morning. Okay. No, Gary. All right, let's take away from Gary. Then go to Melvin and Austell. Melvin, good morning. Morning, Mr. Walter. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Melvin. What's wrong with the peach tree? The peach tree last year, it was doing real, real good. And all of a sudden, they started riding on me. And... Before I knew it, a couple of weeks, and they all of them ride it on me. I want to know what can I prevent that from this year. You are a smart man for thinking now and not calling me in June when all of them are brown and rotted. Now, look at the buds on the peach tree, and you can tell when the flower buds are about to open up. And that won't be for another yes. couple of three weeks, I guess. But between now and then, you need to go to a pike nursery or some other places you can buy some fungicide. It's called Disease Preventer. We've got several names. Captan is one brand name. Uh, Dacanil is one brand name you can get from Pike, both of them. And the fungicide is what prevents disease from setting up in the fruit in the late spring and early summer. So if you spray fungicide when the blooms are just about mostly open and one more spray when they're just about mostly falling off, that's how you time it. And you spray fungicide only because the fungicide does not hurt bees, not an insecticide. See, so you spray fungicide to control funguses, and that's what you have. It's called brown rot. <laughs> it's a very okay. descriptive disease. That's what happens to your peas. They turn brown, they rot it. Uh, yes, so spray fungicide now, 
and uh, a couple of times when the flowers are on the trees. And then after that, when the bees are gone off the flowers, then you can spray with insecticide a couple of times, which also keeps beetles, curculio, and things like that off of it too, Melvin. But now's the time to do the prevention. Fungicide during the bloom time. Fungicide and then the insecticide. Uh, yeah. You got it. You got it. Thanks for calling, Melvin. We got to get out of here because news is coming up. Our number on Lawn and Garden, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.35 on a Saturday morning. We're broadcasting live this morning from the North Atlanta Home Show at the Infinite Energy Center off Sugarloaf Parkway in Gwinnett County. If you would like to join us, you can come in to see us, to see the radio show between now and 9 a.m. And Dave Baker, by the way, starts off at 9 and is here as well for the rest of the Home Fix-It show. But the great thing about your opportunity this morning, if you get here to the Infinite Energy Center and come to the front door, and know the password is Liberty. Then you get to come into the show, watch the radio show for a little while and day for a little while, and then get into the big home show for free. There are 150 vendors here for everything you need for your home, for the roof, for the gutters, for the uh, stained glass. They got the mattress people, they got the knife people, the super side people. I just see everybody just within my viewpoint right here, and it stretches for 100 yards that way. So you see everybody here. So the home show is a great place to do. It's going to be sort of chilly this afternoon. Might as well bring the spouse and come over here and see what you can do to make your house more fun. A number on Lawn and Garden, 404, <clears throat> excuse me, 872-0750. Michael is in Loganville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Michael, good morning. Good morning, good morning Walter. Morning. How are you? I'm lovely, Michael. What's going on? Hey, sir, I've got a question about the uh, a southern, a southeastern exposure at 120-foot white oak. Can I get no. some hosta to grow underneath it? Yeah, you ought to be able to put hosta underneath. They're not grass. Don't, don't ask me about growing fescue underneath that big of a tree. But hostas, sure, I think they would do fine. There's enough sunshine under a big oak like that. Now, well, the, my, the question is, can... Can I rely on Amazon to deliver the bulbs and a quality product that'll grow there? I, you know, it's obviously not Amazon who makes those plants, and they sell a number of plants, bulbs, and even trees and shrubs through Amazon. I was surprised, and last year I wanted to buy something off of Amazon just so I could testify what my experience was. So, Michael, I planted a golden-leafed. Honey locust? What did I have? <laughs> I have so many things in the backyard. I think it was a golden leaf honey honey locust that I planted in the backyard. And it came very nicely, very healthy. I saw just earlier this week, I guess, it had big fat buds on the leaves. It was about two feet high when it came, so it's a bare root. It's not a huge, you know, huge tree in a pot or anything. I think you can generally rely on Amazon and generally speaking, they have a good guarantee if you don't if you don't like what you send you, then get the refund. But, you know, buyer beware, too. So I don't know. I'll, the, I, the wife 
went ahead and got them for me. They haven't arrived mm-hmm. yet, but I'm very curious if I can get them to live. Now, Walter, one other question that nowhere Wait, on Michael, website, Michael, I... Michael, Michael, wait, stop right there, Michael, because I have a homework assignment for you. Yes, sir. You can help me and help listeners as well if you will take some pictures of those hostas when they arrive so we can know, too, what does it look like when you buy plants through Amazon? I'll do it. Not I would problem. love to know that because obviously I think you ought to go to Pike and get the hostas they have there in the big pots. They have more varieties. They have obviously healthy plants. You can check them out when you go. But if you choose to go online, it would help a lot of us who might think about it if you tell us what your experience was. I'll do it yeah. if you'll answer me one question. All when right. You deal with you, shade, when you yeah. deal with shade, is there a difference between shade in the, in the winter and shade in the summer? got to be yeah because the intensity of the sun because it's higher up in the sky above you so there's more light uh, photons coming through the foliage in the summertime than there is in the wintertime simply because the angle of the sun yeah okay with your hosta michael i was going to suggest to you besides the hosta i mean i know hostas are pretty yeah but there's lots of plants that would grow next to the hostas that would be really pretty too we give you two more all right two more to look for yes, amazon or pike either way um one of them is a i'll give you three more i just thought the third one i like uh, autumn fern autumn fern is a tough easy to grow shade tolerant fern evergreen doesn't ever disappear in the winter time so autumn fern is lovely um variegated solomon seal is a great plant it has variegated green and white leaves on it i think it's the prettiest thing in the world it spreads a little bit so it's nice to find more of them around in the shade goes great in the shade solomon seal does and the third one is a very common plant linton rose hellebore is another name for linton rose and if you go to any nursery they're going to have hellebores right this minute and they'll very likely have the autumn fern too the variegated solid seal some will some won't but you know i think they're great plants to grow in the shade sure very, i appreciate I your i'll go buy them today i appreciate all it. right go get them michael dig those holes deep or right, dig them wide don't dig them deep dig them wide don't bury the poor things we don't want to have those poor hostile looking like 10 feet down in the ground. Let's go to who? Jeremy's here. Jeremy's still on the Jeremy and Flowery Branch. Join us on Lawn and Garden, Jeremy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today, sir? I'm all right. What's going on with the roses? Yeah, um, I thought what we have is blight. Um, got black on the stems, and um, the the ends of the, the blooms just look really off, you know, really uh-huh. bushy, not tight. And, ah. uh, and if that is blight, um, how do we treat that and keep to keep it from spreading to all the roses mm. that are around that? I was talking to someone last night and saying, on radio, it's so important to listen to everything that a caller says. And something that you said just now, Jeremy, really caught my ear when you said it's bushy. Tell me more about the bushy part. Well, it just it just it doesn't when it try, when it when it tries to bloom, it it's just not knit real tight and it almost yeah. looks it almost looks like it's a um like something has been grafted onto the plant at that point uh, where it probably hasn't but but it's it just um it mm, it doesn't look normal changed. at all changed character really as you said it's grafted it looks like it's grafted there but it's changed character with the bushy part lots of yep. sprouts there jeremy i don't think you have a problem that can be cured by anything but a shovel. And I literally mean that what I said. 
I think what you have is a new disease in Georgia called Rose Rosette virus. And because right. it's a virus, there is no spray. There's nothing that'll kill it other than digging roses that are infected with it and bagging them and get them off your property. Don't compost them or anything like that. And keeping an eye on the other roses around because it can spread from rose to rose via these tiny, tiny, tiny little spider mites that bring uh, the disease from plant to plant. So if you want confirmation, Jeremy, go on my website, just type rosette. That's the only word you have to type in the search line, rosette. If you don't All see right. pictures that look like your rose, I'll be surprised. All right, so pruning that rose back below where where that that starts on that stem, that doesn't not, help that at all. Not at all. It has infected right. the entire plant. The entire plant uh, stem to stern is infected. If you prune it down lower than the place that you see that bushiness on there, it will simply crop up below where you cut. All right. Well, that's what I need to know. Yeah, you need to know it. You didn't want to know it, but you know it now, Jerry. I hate to say it, but that is, that is the deal. I think you have rose rosette virus in your well, rose. It seems, like it, it seems like it's pretty prevalent really fast, it you is. know. It is. It has spread, Jeremy, all over the Atlanta area. Fiery Branch in North Georgia, I'm sure, has more than I would like to see up there, too. Um, it spreads so virulently that it really is the responsibility of the homeowner to get it out. Don't let it spread. It's like measles in Washington State right now. People did not vaccinate their kids, and now lots of people have measles. It's very bad for children to have measles, and it's up to the parents to vaccinate their kids. It's up to Jeremy to dig that rose out. All right, and you said that that, that is spread by a spider bite. Is that correct? Is no, by a little bit smaller, smaller than a spider mite. It's called an areophid mite, and they are so tiny, there is not a control for these mites. All right. Eh. There you go. That's tough then, right? <laughs> that's tough. I'm sorry to start your Saturday out like that, Jeremy, but oh, I'm telling right. you the truth. That's what you have, rose, rosette, virus. That's the stuff, and that's what you have to do. Gary's at Locust Grove. I think, I hope I can get Gary some better news than I gave to Jeremy just now. Gary, what's going on with your trees? Hey, Walter. I listen hey. to you every Saturday morning on the way to play golf in Peachtree City. And, Whoa, uh, why I are you going from Locust Grove to Peachtree City? Is there not a golf course closer to you to have to drive well, there? Yeah, but uh, I, I, I like the courses in Peachtree City. But anyway, right. uh, Go I've got, I've got, I got a couple of trees in my front yard, and yeah. the grass isn't growing under one of them. And, but I have this tree root there. But the question is, how high up should I go to trim the branches? I'm 6'2", so the branches are still higher yeah. than me. But yeah. shall I go up higher so maybe the grass will start growing? Uh, here's, again, the, the, the comment I want to make is listen to every word that your caller, at, uh, caller says. And when you said you were 6'2", and the branches are higher than you, my general rule is don't cut branches taller than you because it's oh. dangerous and they fall <laughs> on you sometimes. I would rather you hire somebody to do it, Gary, because the danger of cutting limbs higher than you, they do things you don't expect them to do. I'm a man with three broken ribs from not expecting the limbs to do what it did when it hit me in the middle of the chest and I cut it. Do it at your own, uh, uh, you know, your own recognizance there and be sure you have a family member nearby with 911 on the cell phone. Okay, I, I just wanted to mention one other thing. You're talking sure. about you going to Vietnam. I went to Amsterdam, yeah. uh, and we uh, we took this side trip to this tulip 
farm outside oh, of it. Yeah. Started with a K. I've never seen flowers like that, and I'm not into gardens. If that was my garden, it was in April. They said they get a million visitors a year to see the this tulip. Kuchenhof is the name for it. Kuchenhof yeah, that's the name. It. it was unbelievable. Renowned. It started with a K. Kuchenhof. That's it. And I've been there twice, and it was something you don't forget ever going to. You're it. right. It's beautiful. And we've been there once before with my garden, you know, people who like to travel around the world. And if we see that we want to go to Amsterdam again, I hope you'll come see us. And we'll go to it again. I'd Appreciate love to see it. That Thanks for calling. Let's go back to the phone. we got Rick in Milton, Georgia. He's got bugs. What kind of bugs do you have, Rick? I'm, uh, good morning, Walter. Um, hey, Rick. Good I've morning. got fox elder swarm on the back of the south side of my house. And, yeah. and I've been trying to figure out a remedy to get rid of them uh, tried um vinegar and yeah. tried bleach yeah and tried bleaching water and bleaching water and, and dishwasher soap and wow. so far you know <laughs> you're batting zero results <laughs> well that I, is I, it, you know, the, the dishwasher soap is working pretty good but I, i'm yeah. looking for a more permanent solution you got any suggestions yeah, I do. And that is to look around under the box elder or whatever Japanese maple, whatever tree you have that has lots of seeds. And that's where they're feeding. And that's where they fed last year. And then when cold weather came, they crawled up in their house. And when warm weather came last Wednesday, they all looked out and said, wow, it looks pretty outside of Rick's house here. Let's go outside and sun. And they get on the side of the house. As you see, thousands, hundreds, thousands of them around the house. So the way to control box elder bugs is to go find where they're feeding and spray the insecticide there, not on your house. Okay. Well, that's, I've got a Japanese maple not far from that, tr yeah. From that yeah. location yeah. where they're the So Mulch and places like that is where, where you something. see them. In the summertime, you see them in the mulch, and areas, mulch areas underneath Japanese maples. Uh, if you've got liri oak growing, I see them all the time under liri oak bunches. And uh, if you know what a box elder maple looks like, then they have the big seeds and they feed on them as well. But either way, insecticide is the stuff to use. Don't use dishwasher detergent underneath your tree. You could hurt your tree. Use a regular insecticide, Rick. That's the best stuff. 404 750 at 748. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 4.30 till 9, for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Partly cloudy, chilly, high 53, we think, this afternoon. 33 is the low overnight. Tomorrow, 50% chance light shower, high of 44, low of 40 degrees. Ain't going to be real warm tomorrow. If you want to come to the North Atlanta Home Show, that's a great option either day. The NorthAtlantaHomeShow.com gives you all the details, discount tickets, and you can come like some of the folks that are here right now. Before 9 o'clock today, know the password is Liberty and get into the show in a few minutes for free. Danny is up in Blairsville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Danny, good morning. Hey, how are you doing this morning? I'm all right. Dan, what's going on? I've got a question. I've got a big old cedar tree in my front yard, and we can't get anything to grow under it, around it. Hmm. I was wondering if you could tell me anything that we can do for the ground. or um, hmm. I mean, I'd like to have grass somewhere around it, but it's just yeah. turning to mud. 
Is it for real a cedar tree or is it a Leland cypress or something that's not cedar? No, it, call it, call it no cedar. it's actually a cedar tree, yeah. Okay. The reason I ask is because it gives me an idea of the amount of shade underneath there. If it were a real cedar tree that's different shade under that, then it would be under a, oh, a Leland cypress that some people call cedar, then there's false cedar, the camociparis, and each one's different. So that's why I need to know. Let's see. So shade is probably the limiting factor, even though it's cedar shade. So have you, what have you tried? And let's see if there's anything that you've tried that I think you should try again. Well, we've tried, my, my wife has tried different types of foliage. Like she's tried ferns, and she, we've tried uh, several different types of grass that get anything to grow. Uh, like I said, it's nothing but like mud right now in this place for our front yard. You had the fellow about 15 minutes ago now, Danny, on the radio, and he was asking about his oak tree, white oak tree, and he wanted to put hosta underneath there. And I agree with you, the hosta works well in the shade usually. But one of the things that he mentioned that, or I mentioned to him to also plant that I think would go pretty well under your cedar tree are the hellebores, or Linton Rose is another name for them. They are tough, tough, tough. And I bet you have deer where you live, and they're deer resistant. That's the big thing about the hellebores for underneath the trees is the deer don't eat them. And they bloom right now. So you got several things going on that I think are positive about hellebores or Linton Rose. Now would be a good time to plant them, and you can find them in most any nursery in Blairsville or wherever you drive. Dan, so ask about hellebores. You look at different flower colors, different sizes and things, and I think you get, even in the clay and the shade and everything underneath the cedar tree, I think it'd be a good choice. Linton Rose, hellebore, they ought to work for you. It's 7.57 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news.